Welcome, one and all, to your Ms. Marvel podcast by Fantastic Geek, the official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me to my right is the man who needs no introduction. It's Pete. Hello, Pete. Is Bruno recording this for internet? The Ms. Marvel podcast by Fantastic Geek for episode one, Generation Y, is brought to you by New Jersey Avenger Con. There's not going to be another first one ever. Pete, look, we live in the fast lane sometimes, and last night, yes, literally last night, we were at the Paley Center in Manhattan, right by the CBS building, uh, to uh, partake their screening of the first episode and a, uh, a panel discussion, which was absolutely wonderful, inspiring, amazing, and just just a real thrill. The conversation there with uh, series star Iman Vellani, co-star Zenobia Shroff, um, Ms. Marvel uh, comic book editor uh, credited with creating the character Santa Amanat and uh, series director. We found out what episodes I'm going to hold off on telling you just yet. Sharmin Abadan Shinoi. Uh, just a, a really great panel. So enthusiastic, so needed. Uh, Matt, where can our listeners find our extended immediate reaction to that panel? Yes, on the drive back into New Jersey, as we unintentionally uh, were driving past Jersey City and indeed the billboard of Welcome to New Jersey with Ms. Marvel sitting on top of it and all of that. Uh, we, we recorded on the drive home our, our immediate thoughts uh, from the Paley Center uh, event, and that is going to be over there on our Patreon right now uh, for uh, all those patrons. Uh, hopefully there aren't too many uh, bumps in the road and that sort of thing, because it was recorded, uh, again, in the car, driving on back, and uh, again, just an extended reflection on what was a really magical evening. If our past... Uh, recordings on the adventure itself or any indication you're going to want to listen to that uh, patreon.com slash fantastic geek takes just a dollar a month to get in that door you can choose your levels past that after that what else is going on in these parts matt Pete, over on our Pop Culture Podcast feed, we will be talking Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, Part 4. Thank you very much. No episodes here because the movies are episodes and the things are... Anyhow, uh, the fourth offering of that uh, wonderful show we will be discussing tomorrow. Pete, Disney threw us, um, obviously being a little facetious here, but Disney threw us, the podcasters, uh, a little bit of a bone here. You know, 50-minute Ms. Marvel and a 30 two 34 minute obi-wan so a little little less to do on tomorrow's podcast uh but that show entering the second half uh and then from star wars on saturday to star trek exchange new worlds on sunday as uh we also start the second half of that season all part of our june boon here three episodic offerings a week for the next three weeks but matt let's embiggen our look at this episode. Following the Marvel Studios card with Moon Knight 
now visible. Uh, finally, the moment everyone has been waiting for, the final chapter of Kamala Khan's 10-part series on Earth's mightiest hero, Captain Marvel, focusing on the Battle of Earth. The Avengers were losing to Thanos being a jerk over magical stones until, and we get the view of a white parrot with a mohawk, similar to uh, Carol Danvers herself, as well as a fighter jet, Captain Marvel blasted in this glorious, well-coiffed hero. Well, due to Kamala Khan's extensive research and study of Scott Lang's podcast interviews, you know, Big Me, Little Me, a Scott Lang interview for This Powered Life, Kamala knows three things are true. Danvers blasted through Thanos' feet like a flaming angel and looked good doing it. She punched Thanos in the face. No offense to the other Avengers. And sometimes someone can come out of nowhere and do something amazing. Two thoughts, Pete. First of all, obviously the big, massive takeaway here. We want to say welcome, okay, Mr. Lang, to the world of podcasting. Uh, you, you are welcome here, too. Uh, if you can imagine, Pete, uh, a white guy podcaster. That's that's quite a, what a weird world the MCU is. Uh, but more importantly, jokes aside, of course, uh, I think for many fans, the recap of Endgame is not needed. Uh, is it warranted, uh, A, here we are, COVID delay and so forth, uh, an extra year or so uh, lopped on between when this show might have come out and when it finally has come out? Again, a bit more warranted. Uh, and then to again see it kind of filtered through the eyes of a Captain Marvel fan and through kind of the events of Captain Marvel, a really, really valuable way to A, do a previously on, and B, introduce the main character of this show um, with her her excitement and her energy and all of that. You know, it's it's a great way to achieve all of that in, how long is this segment? 45 seconds? Just about. And to find out at the Paley Center panel last night that this was at least in part inspired by videos Iman Vellani makes. Yeah. Um, and I I know she had said, she kind of mumbled, but mumbled while mic'd. So I think she knew it was audible, but kind of was like, some of those videos are maybe still out there. So uh, Pete, when we get a second, uh, I would be interested <laughs> to go and you know try and track down videos stop motion videos what was it uh iron man and uh, i think she made one with iron man and captain marvel she said and you know that was all part and parcel of her getting this gig her first within the narrative of this episode uh part of that recap is a reminder that carol danvers has been gone from earth Gee whiz, Pete, I wonder if they'll get to meet either in the sixth <laughs> episode of this season or in next summer's scintillating uh, The Marvels uh, on the big screen. Um, we also get, you know, as this episode is uh, is being published to unnamed video site in which you are part of the TV tube, <laughs> um, references made to how the next stop is going to be AvengerCon. Uh, and, uh, New Jersey AvengerCon. Matt, let's keep it, you know, as as this podcast comes to you just outside Westview. Uh, indeed, um, there's the reference to uh, her, I'll charitably say, production company or, you know, YouTube channel name, Soft Baby Productions. Uh, and with that, we pull out into Kamala's room. 
uh, where it is food time. A uh, couple things to notice uh, with her channel there. She's got a real Carol Danvers story. And it's interesting that, you know, it's probably from Scott Lang. The details of this are kind of out there. Uh, the Ant-Man and the Wasp's romantic vacation in Paris. Definitely want to know more about that with Anthony wearing a beret. Um, and then her friends there commenting on her channel, uh, as well as uh, something called Bitten by a Radioactive Feminist. Um, Pete, I wish that they made this supplemental stuff in the real world um shades of occasionally other shows will do that i always like to return to the example uh the show nurse jackie had a character who would like tweet sarcastic things like that was just like what are you doing oh i'm on twitter what are you writing i'm not going to show you my phone um but they had then also set up a fake account from that doctor character and the tweets would post in sync with the episode so if you were following it he'd say i'm not going to show you he would press send and then on the account you'd see you know boy jackie's being a real so-and-so today like that kind of thing i wish they did more of that where are these podcasts and uh by the way marvel if you need help uh producing any of them you know fantasticgmail.com is is your uh, your spot <laughs> um muniba here kamala's mother calling her uh gonna be late for her driving test to the kitchen here where we have her brother Amir praying. Uh, we have her father, Yusef, telling her brother that if he doesn't stop praying long enough to put some food in his mouth, he's going to starve. Uh, something that his son chides him for uh, and maybe Allah uh, might forgive him for one day. Uh, mom kind of uh, pesters Kamala here that if she uh, she needs to look at the mirrors every 15 seconds and I love the balance between the over mothering okay and the uh, dadding just enough uh, and, and a little more gently uh, that dad explains to her she really doesn't need to look at the mirrors every 15 seconds. Uh, I appreciate, too, uh, that they, through the course of, you know, come on downstairs and all of that, the name Kamala is repeated and repeated. A, it's a pilot and you're establishing your new, I'm uh, not a pilot in the traditional sense, but it's a, it's a first episode. And uh, Pete, when this comic came out, how to pronounce this name may have been uh, less easy, I think, since then. You know, what with Madam Vice President pronouncing uh, a a similarly spelled name, pronouncing it differently. Uh, I, for one, appreciated the Kamala repetition there just to have having spent the last two years or so uh, pronouncing the name a bit differently when uh, when current events call for it and so forth. Uh, regardless, though, Pete, they head to that driving test. There she is. Uh, the music blasting right as she turns the, the car on and quick turns the music off. Um, it is fully established that we are in Jersey City. Uh, she takes a moment and then promptly puts the car into a gear. Turns out it's not first gear, but rather reverse and smashes into another car. Pete, I think she's going to fail this test doubly so when the instructor says that she has hit his car. After the title car here with the car being towed, uh, Muniba 
blames the uh, driving uh, instructor here that he set her up to fail, uh, having her drive in the street with all the other cars. Uh, and she indeed taught her to drive herself. Uh, but the instructor uh, explains that he's going to be walking home because of their daughter. Dad trying to tell uh, him here that uh, because he needed her to look in the mirrors enough and his stupid clipboard here, uh, he's caused all of this. Probably expected her to signal at every turn as well. Uh, Mom gets the keys back and then Kamala is in the back seat. Mom explaining here for the first of several times uh, her relation to uh, a daydreamer and the problems that come as a result of that. Also explaining to us that the brother is getting married as Kamala stares out the window at New York City and she sees... Uh, and we incorporate the animation here of uh, Captain Marvel flying by. And I think the inclusion of the animation style in live action is a really great way to visualize her, um, you know, her, her wandering attention, her dreaming big dreams and so forth. Uh, as I recall, the comic does more of the comic kind of thing of the next panel is just you know, winning the major award or whatever it is, or, you know, there's a little bit less or, or rather it's easier to have a non sequitur or to change reality and go, Oh, you no, know, two panels later. Nope. There I am still in the back of the car. Um, I think that would have been confusing if all of a sudden it's a jump cut to the things she's imagining. Also, Pete might be a tad difficult to get Brie Larson for this show, let alone kind of quasi inappropriate since it's about, focusing on this character and, and so forth. So it's a great way to have all of that dreaminess in there uh, and for a whole lot less than uh, getting Brie Larson in the show. We go to Cole's Academy High School where uh, the coach mispronounces her name, uh, referencing the volleyball incident that we'll see a bit more of uh, in a bit. Uh, there are some other kids who seem to not take too kindly to Kamala, uh, but you know who does? Uh, it's her buddy, Bruno, who already has heard about her failing the driving test. Uh, he's also excited about AvengerCon, and uh, there's discussion about what is that final flourish for the costume. Pete, that's a final flourish that comes into play in like the last quarter of the episode and uh, has major impacts. And here it is just hidden as like a little thing. This rough morning that she's had. Uh, and leading us to introduce her other friend, Nakia, here, uh, who um, they head up the stairs with, and then bump in to Zoe. A little bit of tension here, uh, kind of a, a Mean Girls vibe as well, uh, but Kamala breaks the ice, uh, likes um, her jacket there, and Zoe likes her necklace, her name in Arabic. Kamala explains, hey, would it be super weird if they asked her for a ride to Avenger Con? Her mom did used to drive them after all, but she's the absolute worst, Nikia says, uh, since she got 100,000 followers, uh, 80,000 Kamala uh, corrects here. Let's let's not uh, get crazy 
just then over the PA, Kamala is paged. First, it's very stern and serious. And then, no, no, it's not. Because that's the attitude of the character here, Mr. Wilson. You know he's a cool counselor because he has an earring and a hang-in-there poster, what with the kitty just hanging in there. He recaps her busy week, uh, dodgeball, clunk to the head, chemistry class explosion, uh, (laughs) drawing a devilish version of a devilish-looking teacher, uh, all of this as Kamala stares into space. Uh, her mind's already uh, wandering. They're only 30 seconds into this uh, meeting. Snap, snap, pay attention to Mr. Wilson. Well, it's Gabe. His father is Mr. Wilson. Actually was Gabe as well, which is a is an unnecessary but lovely little circle there to just give you some character stuff. And all of this centered around her future. College admissions, the SATs. Does she volunteer? You know... Because you you should help people and it it helps you. Uh, all this not trying to scare her, and Kamala asking if this all needs to be straightened out before lunch. But he gives her a task, wants her to go home, look in the mirror, and ask herself, "Who is that girl?" She sees staring straight back out of her. Yet. Yes, Matt, it is the first of two references to other properties that Disney owns. <laughs> uh, it, yes, we get some we get some of the, the, the haunting lyrics of Mulan. Um, there's a reference to him seeing a girl divided. I think it's around this point where the camera does mm-hmm. a really neat trick that appears to be a wide shot. Um, and then, you know, animation style goes down the middle and the camera left and the camera right turn into the faces of each person. Um, Probably with modern special effects, that's a pretty easy thing to pull off. Two cameras, blah, blah, blah. But um, I know particularly when we saw that scene uh, at the Paley Center, uh, audience members who had not already seen the pilot were were wowed by the the move there. Um, And the scene kind of ends with that emphasis that she is focused on fantasy when she needs to pull herself together and join reality. I was worried when we saw the stylized trailer that it wouldn't come across like that during the episodes itself. So I'm really, really grateful that we've had that, uh, you know, maintained on the street here. Uh, Kamala talks about how the plan to, uh, get to AvengerCon was perfect. She was going to get her license and then inside the Circle Q bodega here, convenience store, uh, under the cover of the stupid wedding errands, they were going to have one pure, beautiful day of freedom at AvengerCon. Uh, and Bruno guesses there's always next year, but no, 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 Kamala asserts. This is the first one ever. Historians are going to start to write about it and where it started and they're going to be there. Uh, there's never going to be a first one ever again. Uh, so Bruno says they need to switch to the backup plan as he works on a mannequin with the costume there and an airbrush. This plan is going to require finesse and subtlety on Kamala's part. She can be subtle. She's going to enter her home, sit at dinner, smile, and ask her mother. 
Bruno thinks this is a genius move. Uh, however, Kamala re- relates mom to Darth Vader, even though Bruno says she's actually not Darth Vader. Um, mom does treat Kamala like a weirdo. Uh, the goal, at least their goal at the end of the episode, for the end of the episode, uh, is winning the Carol Danvers cosplay competition. Still looking for that final flourish. Uh, the story moves to the exterior as they start to bike home. And the the animation slash, you know, here graffiti kind of coming alive for we, the audience, but not in their world. Just a beautiful, I was going to say subtle. I mean, it's quite obvious on the screen, but it's also not some in-your-face presentation either. Uh, but it's just lovely. You know, they can have influences from Black Panther. How about Captain Princess Marvel, Zombie Captain Marvel, some others in there. Uh, and again, just the 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 kind of right hand turn that the camera does, having a, a a one shot here, the graffiti dancing and moving on on the the sides of the the walls there, it's just absolutely unexpected and wonderful. And the upside down shot when she arrives at home, the crash on the couch there, Twilight on the TV, and Mom kind of disapproving already asks her how her day was, and then when she responds, telling her not to be so dramatic. But there's a package, and inside, though we're told, there's some junk in there. There's a rather unique-looking bracelet that Kamala seems to have a connection with almost instantly, but Mom sees this, takes it away, and tells her brother to place it in the attic. So some intrigue there. Uh, with that, Kamala and Mom are going to go do some errands, go shopping, get a, a just a vivacious montage. Fruits are bought, snacks are eaten, reusable bags are reused, falafel is had. The neighborhood might be changing, uh, but Kamala is uh, trying on some dresses for her brother's wedding. Pete, you and I and the show have said brother's wedding so many times here. Can we get brother's wedding by the end of this first season i want to see what that looks like uh because they've said it more than i don't know bangle avengers uh or superpowers or anything like that i can assure you it is coming here uh one of the other neighborhood ladies here kind of a matchmaker vibe to this lamenting that someone else has had a broken engagement And now this young woman is backpacking across Europe, which Kamala kind of sees the the freedom and the excitement of. And uh, this lady and mom see the shame in. And Matt, uh, she was last seen talking with Agora. That's a white boy named Rob. Oh, boy. Got to watch out for the Robs there. Um, but yeah, I think insofar as this episode needs to establish, uh, certain family perspectives and so forth, um, I love how there's, there's Kamala really kind of swept up in the moment, um, you know, being free, traveling the world, uh, and how that's of course in conflict with, uh, with the, uh, perspective of, uh, the mom and the, I'm assuming a neighborhood auntie, not a sister of mom kind of yeah, auntie. Yeah, auntie and uncle. 
in the Pakistani community, as I understand it, it's kind of just like a, you know, euphemism. We go back uh, home uh, to the Khan home where Bruno is setting up a security camera for dad. Uh, you can see it all on your phone. It's Bruno's own system, the Zuzu system. Uh, you just say Zuzu and tell it to do things. Zuzu, turn off the lights, and it does. Also, understand Urdu, Bati Kolo, uh, and Dad is just is is just inspired by the Zuzu. It's at this point with Kamala and Mom home. Uh, Mom rapidly fixes uh, somehow all sorts of Tupperware containers, uh, seizing on the Pakistani tradition here of, of feeding those guests and sending them off. Uh, and then we've got Kamala who asks her parents seated here uh, if she can go to Avenger Con this weekend. Yes, it's the first fan event for the greatest heroes of our time. Uh, Kamala would like to go with Bruno. Poor Bruno. No family. Uh, I must admit, Pete, that little acting moment on Amon Vellani's part um, played better on second viewing and second viewing mm -hmm. at the Paley Center. Big screen, lots of laughs there. Um, which I guess is an, uh, you know another way to say that is there's subtlety in that moment, though I think it's written on the page, you know, poor Bruno, no family. It's meant to be a joke. but uh, So from this idea, AvengerCon, going with her friend, convention for fans, mom hears that Kamala wants to go to a party at night. Is this a joke? Uh, is Bruno recording this for internet? Um, turns out that mom doesn't trust Kamala. Um, nor does dad. Um, it, it's kind of like a, 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 a we do, we don't trust you. Um, and mom really shines here. And this is something that the episode returns to. We kind of the perpetual teenager. We see her as the oppressive mom. And I think too, we as uh, whether adults or even just rational people, we see that mom is trying to understand this whole world cosplay trying to bridge the generation gap uh it then gets added by kamala that uh, she's going to dress up as captain marvel to mom no 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 that, that tight suit um, but it's kind of like a historical reenactment it's a great way to try to soften the cosplaying here um but mom really coming down on the side of tradition uh, you know, being overprotective. Okay, it's the characterization. And Matt, you know, as we found out in the Paley Center panel um, after uh, screening this episode, Zenobia Shroff lost her mother as they were filming. Um, and, you know, here she's not a mother in real life, but as she explained, she's, she's mothered. 14 South Asian children, um, you know, just the layers upon layers to the performance. Kamala storms upstairs and later Amir brings up some chai. He says that her move was bold, but not smart. Uh, Amir is going to talk to mom and dad, try and get them to reassess. Uh, he walks out. Kamala turns on her nightlight uh and and uh starts to text on her phone i mean pete she really shouldn't have a phone in her room but 
kids these days and so forth. <laughs> um, she types, uh, she says no, and this message shows in the stars, kind of the inferred stars from the mm-hmm. nightlight. Um, and in another gorgeous scene, Bruno, who's crossing the street, uh, receives it, receives the message as paint on the street, uh, words on the sidewalk, emoji in the window, that sort of thing. It really, really, this is, this has got to be the most visually stunning opener, at least, to a Marvel, um, to a Marvel Studios TV show since WandaVision, which is saying a lot because that's some that's some good you know competition in the middle there and a unique and cute way to carry out the text conversation uh as it goes to the convenience store uh, and then you know up the the building to where uh bruno lives kind of this aspiring uh tony stark if you will uh for this show for this character um the next day, Matt, we've got Kamala uh, checking her suit out in the mirror there. And when a knock comes, she throws on the robe. But it's mom. And she says that her brother spoke to them and they have decided that she will be allowed to go to the Avengers party. <laughs> but there are some special conditions here since there will be a lot of haram things forbidden by uh, the Islamic faith. Uh, And her father is going to go with her, uh, take her in there for two hours and then come out. Oh, and we made you a costume. Yes. It's a, it's a a version of the Hulk. uh, Doubtless. Uh, Pakistani influence in it uh, but that's not all <laughs> dad jumps on in in a matching costume he's got the green face paint on gives the Hulk roar mom is impressed with her considerable handiwork it'll be big Hulk and little Hulk um, and you know I think from the adult perspective it clearly is charming and in another story you know Pete I could imagine uh perhaps not now, perhaps a year or two in the, in the story past, you know, Peter Parker might've been presented with such a thing by aunt may and he would have rolled with it. Um, but, uh, Kamala here, not, uh, saying, you know, that can't you make an exception for AvengerCon? This proposition is humiliating, uh, which is a painful moment to watch. It's a really good reminder that the show continues to nail both perspectives, especially when mom reflects on having made this outfit, uh, Mom talks about uh, not wanting her daughter to dress like those other girls in skimpy outfits. So again, it's like just when we're like, oh, I feel bad for Mom. Now it's like Mom's on the one hand sort of body shaming. And again, there's nuance there. Uh, and Mom walks out and uh, Dad sees his daughter starting to cry, but underlines that she is not going. It's completely heartbreaking in the most touching way. And Kamala knows that she's screwed this up. Um, you know, Matt, we come to these shows for the sequence later on with Avengers Con and, you know, the powers and all that. But what Marvel Studios has done so well, and in particular with these Disney Plus offerings, is these emotional moments that really underpin the story. 
relating the black sloth down uh, crisis here to Bruno uh, later. They wind up meeting on a roof in Atlanta uh, made to look like Jersey City. Uh, what with the Edison electric neon sign with the uh, lightning bolt on it there that looks very reminiscent of the Ms. Marvel costume. Uh, and it's a moment of doubt and defeat here. But Bruno, ever her champion, says that she's Kamala Khan. If she says she's going to save the world, she's going to save the world. Oh, and I got you your flourish. Indeed, he shows the uh, cosplay photon gloves. Want to stress, Pete, not real photon gloves, okay? He's he's done some ele- electrical work there. Are you uh, allowed to bring weapons to Avenger Con? We're frequently told at these conventions <laughs> uh, the, the types of weapons that may be brought. Can, can you bring real photon gloves to Avenger Con? Probably not real ones. So he's 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 met that in that they are not uh, they're real gloves, but not real photon zappers. Uh, the next day, uh, we have uh, Kamala preparing for gym class, hit again by the volleyball, nose bloodied. Uh, that night, Zuzu back home. Zuzu isn't working, and Dad is trying to talk it into working. Um, Pete, I guess we all reach that point where you you go from completely mastering having mastered technology to occasionally pleading with it to work uh if only bruno could help hey bruno uh light bulb over the head indeed pete took second viewing it's literally the light bulb Mm -hmm. behind her over her head that lights up um so just a fun sense i mean i don't think we read it as 100 percent real but it's just a fun sense of what's real and what's pushing the edge here And Pete, what is her pitch to Bruno? This plan, which rapidly becomes animated the next day at school here. She's going to excuse herself from dinner where, of course, her uh, brother and her uh, parents are singing her praises. She's going to suit up, jump out a window acrobatically. They will get on the bikes there, uh, ripping up the pavement like the kids do these days, Matt, to get to the bus and then hop on the bus with their bikes. Some great stunt work here, even with the effects, all of this ultimately resulting in her being crowned the cosplay champion with a crown that will be made with real diamonds at AvengerCon. I like the visual flourish, no pun intended, but the visual flourish of um, when she's describing having won the thing and then getting home in time to go to bed. It's just there's a vertical bed Mm -hmm. background that she kind of backs into her head at pillow length and then kind of a a somewhat stiff, uh, you know, blanket brought up over her. So, again, they're, you know, they're having fun in the presentation here, even, you know, that's kind of like a low tech thing to do and kind of. If nothing else, it's consciously not real, even though it's all really captured in camera. Um, so all of this should work. Uh, but of course, they need the finished Captain Marvel costume. Uh, need that flourish. Maybe something Pakistani. Uh, Kamala goes into the attic, thunder flashing, Pete. That's how you know it's important. <laughs> uh, she opens an old trunk. There's some this and some that. Old picture of a mirror. 
Wait a minute, though, Pete. Is that the box from Grandma, which was introduced in the first act of this episode? It was. And uh, in there, the bracelet uh, helping the viewer understand something's not quite normal about it. Of course, the power kind of fluctuates as we get it out there. That definitely isn't the thunder, Matt, but it could be mistaken as it. Uh, the day of Avenger Con, we're already running behind here when she gets to her room and suits up the tree limb that she so acrobatically and gracefully swung about breaks, <laughs> uh, relieving her of her means back in later on. They've missed the bus. When they get the next one, Kamala loses her bike. Matt, you're a guy from Jersey. You find a bike on a sidewalk. That's your bike, right? Uh, Bruno reports accurately that there's next to no chance that it will be there when they get back. I must say, Pete, mean on the part of the bus driver, but uh, well, uh, well plotted out here in terms of Kamala putting her back to the driver to pull it in. So I think it's it's just barely staged. I shouldn't say just barely staged. It is staged to be just believable enough that the bike would have gotten left and so forth. The story requires it. Uh, where are they headed to? Pete, not just anywhere in New Jersey, okay? They're at Camp Lehigh, okay? Birthplace of uh, Steve Rogers, Captain America. And AvengerCon is just starting. Uh, they enter to the Star-Spangled Man, which is a really just fun callback. Um, and, you know, in-universe callback, no less. Let's not forget the song is real in the MCU and all of that. Uh, and indeed, Pete, my notes say... The, everything that they have there, it, it just captures everything so kind of comic convention. Uh, I said in my notes, without the smell of popcorn, uh, then they show the terrible popcorn uh, that is there. So they really have captured uh, every every last bit of the convention thing. Not the funk of the pervasive microwave popcorn that uh, kind of takes a spot on the convention floor. Uh, at the Javits Center for New York Comic Con. Uh, but this Avengers Con has everything, Matt. There's, you know, fan art of America's behind. Um, there's a guy, presumably the author of uh, Peter Quill, the Star Boy, Boy story here, signing books. Uh, we got an Asgard Pride shirt, which I need immediately. Uh, there's somebody in an ant head selling popcorn. Um, interestingly, Matt, uh, Groot's name is not known on Earth. He's known just as Mr. Tree. Um, and we've got Avengers tours of new Asgard. Should be interesting to see that crossover with Thor Love and Thunder in a couple weeks. There's a makeshift memorial to um, uh, Iron Man and to Black Widow. And it's about this time that they use Zuzu to spy on Kamala's parents. Yes, with them believing Kamala's upstairs and Amir out there. Um, you see, Pete, Mom and Dad are thinking... Pete, let's go back and get ready uh, for the Captain Marvel contest at AdventureCon because I think the mom and dad stuff, 
Yeah. Um, we see that uh, there might indeed be some more, shall we say, showy outfits. Wait a minute, Pete. Is that Zoe dressed as a more, to us, 1970s Ms. Marvel outfit, but to them it would just be uh, a bit a bit over-the-top showy because <laughs> thus was the state of things back in the day? She doesn't even like Captain Marvel, Matt. So uh, Kamala heads to the bathroom there, uh, goes to put the bracelet on and can't. She's left her proton gloves on the floor there. Ew, gross. Ew, gross, uh, indeed. Uh, she does uh, get all suited up, minus the gloves, of course. Uh, fiddling with the bangle, quite can't, uh, can't quite get it open, can't quite uh, get it open. Finally gets it open, puts it on. Uh, again, smart use of the camera here. Uh, Bruno happens to be looking away. Maybe it's all the lovely ladies lined up dressed as Captain Marvel that has caught his eye. I don't know. Uh, but we see as energy pulses around Kamala, uh, up the arm, across the shoulders as the camera moves around as well. Uh, a tight shot that is uh, really, uh, really wonderful. We see her eyes glow with power, and then she sort of falls back into another realm, headspace, something, seeing visions. Then she kind of snaps back. Bruno, did you see that? No, I didn't, but uh, better better take the stage because they're starting. Uh, indeed, Pete, but was that Agent M, Marvel's Agent M up there as the MC, <laughs> that, that, that fan of uh, Marvel stuff who works for Marvel and also enjoys ta tacos? That was him, right? I'm not sure. I, I did not notice if that was uh, Ryan Pendergast, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it, it, it was. And, and if it was, I think maybe it's trimmed up a little bit. So there you go. Healthy choices. Um, but but Pete, there she is on the stage. Flashbulbs going off. She's, Pete, can I say, in light of the Marvel Studios logo for this episode, is she blinded by the light? <laughs> Possibly. Um, the story from Amon Vellani about the filming of the scene, they shot it over the course of a week and, you know, that it was a dream come true. Just everything you'd want uh, to, to set this convention up. And she's never been to a comic book convention. Um, and then a question later about, you know, what she stole from that set and she said no 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 not what how much i stole <laughs> uh really the the glee coming across here with that but what with the the force field the eyes the kind of falling into that you know alternate dimension there and then on stage to appear frightened to you know put this as the origin story that suddenly the power manifests and kind of makes these crystalline looking uh, platforms and projections, one of which winds up hitting the giant man head. And uh, though Zoe is really impressed with her costume here, because she thought they were all going to be looking at hers, uh, then Havoc, breaks loose uh indeed the the giant man uh head falling off 
Um, there's a splash, there's a this, there's a that. The show perhaps milks it a bit, how it keeps rolling and rolling and rolling and bouncing and crashing and all of that. Uh, but its end point is to untether the uh, one of the support cables for Thor's hammer, uh, which swings on down, hits Zoe harder than I think is maybe realistic. Um, I know that got a, with the audience last night, it got a big, like, ooh, like she was going to be hurt, which maybe, you know, clearly is not the intention because after Zoe is sent for a spin back and forth a few times, uh, she's falling. Pete, the old camera looking down from above as she falls in slow motion and looks up. I have nothing else that tells us she's okay, but she won't be okay if she lands. Uh, and it is Kamala who extends her hand, energy style, um, saving her and saving the day. There were people who were critical that they were not going to pursue the inhuman origin story for Ms. Marvel here, the Terrigen Mist. Matt, we've done the Inhumans and people, you know, have listened to and are, you know, maybe encouraged to go listen to the Inhuman podcast by Fantastic Geek. Inhumans is on uh, Disney Plus. But I think it's to everybody's benefit. They're going in this other direction here and they do wind up doing a version of the giant hand thing. So your comic Ms. Marvel is still maintained. Um, your childhood since 2013 unruined. Yeah. And I think too, the, the thing that strikes me about the early issues of Ms. Marvel is look, I understand that we're taking an average everyday girl and having, a, an extraordinary event happened, you know, a la Peter Parker, just likes himself some 1960s science, and then there's a spider that bites him, and wowie, he's totally different. So I get that we need that, that, that inciting incident to jumpstart things. In the comic, it's just kind of like, there she is, kind of sad, by the river, and then, wait, there's Terrigen Mist? Because that makes people and humans. Ah, she's been misted wait now she has powers like it's as good a thing as any but it also you know, it kind of lacks the purpose let's say the purpose of you know superman being being shot here from krypton will he find a family uh i'll even invoke pete you know the the purpose of you know batman parents killed it's just kind of like she's out one day and a thing happens and it happens to make her a fantastic fantastically powered person I suspect we're going to find out more about this bangle and all of that. And if, if nothing else, the bangle being tied to family, tied to culture is a better starting point. I think than some weirdo smoke that from some other weirdo thing happened to get her and it happened to have a weirdo reaction for her. So now she has powers. It, it's just a tighter reckoning here. Allowing her, however, to save the day. And uh, later on, we'll see a little bit of fallout from this. Uh, Bruno gets her home there on his bike. Uh, we have the power kind of take over again when she needs a step helping her out. And the comic animation blowing up the idea that she would have been home at a reasonable hour. It's now 11-11, Matt. Make a wish. And inside, mom is waiting. And I think, I, I think that for the average viewer, just in terms of like, hey, we're probably 85, 90% done with the episode. 
there's probably going to be a twist like she sneaks home twist she gets in trouble if you watch and podcast enough tv mom's presence is not a huge surprise for uh for a bit more normal fan and indeed watching it with some of those fans last night the reveal of mom there pete perhaps it was people who knew grew up with moms more like the mom character i don't know but just just the gasp with the audience last night like oh my goodness mom is there um and in, you know again it's not just mom is angry mom says that she's not recognizing her daughter uh mom has seen what happens when you get obsessed with fantasies I need to know more. Let's discuss in theories. Mom is hurt and wishes that Kamala could just focus on herself. Who do you want to be in this world? Do you want to be good like we raised you? Or uh, to have some cosmic head in the clouds person uh, think about that. So this, if nothing else, this, you know, th- this option here, it's A or B. The The way of family or the abandonment of family is the suggestion of mom. To hear Sanaa Aminat speak last night um, with her mom in the room uh, that she was not allowed to attend prom um, with a date that she had to go alone because of this, you know, type of overprotective upbringing. Um, and, you know, now here she is at the, the Paley Center and essentially the the journey of miss marvel here of kamala khan um you know but the the falling out between mother and daughter here uh you know is is she going to focus on her her grades her family her story when really we know that she is um and just adds to the heartbreak earlier in the episode here leaving her alone, but, you know, now forever changed with this bracelet on as she checks out that hand and it feels cosmic. The end. But wait, there's more. (laughs) There's a post-credit sequence. Uh, A cell phone vibrates. Uh, A a female agent uh, notes uh, footage from AvengerCon. And wait a minute, Pete. Isn't that Agent Cleary who we saw in a movie theater uh, talking to the Spider-Man just this last December? Yeah, we've seen him a couple times there. Agent Cleary of the Department of Damage Control. Uh, Female agent has never seen powers like that. Yeah, says Cleary. Bring her in. And there's an extended look there at the camera. Let's search the internet for theories about Ms. Marvel. Pete, I'm going to propose a crazy theory here, okay? I hope you're sitting down. What if Agent Cleary, okay, and the Department of Damage Control are suddenly injected into more than just this post credit <laughs> scene and show up in the next episode or two? I mean, come on. Let's go further, Matt. Have we seen our villain of the series maybe i think the part of what's interesting about this episode a 50 minute episode is that it really does take the time to set up everything and if you think about it it's been a while since we've had somebody brandy brand new 
Um, there was newness, let's say, to Hawkeye, but that was, you know, with the help of the first Hawkeye and things of that sort. So I love that they take the time here. Could our villain come from this episode? Uh, certainly more than possible. Would it be okay if that only fully gets explored starting next week? That's fine, too. To cross over Cleary from the Spider-Man films, Matt, we know we're not going to get Peter Parker because of those super complicated rights with Sony. But, uh, yeah, hey, you can have this guy. Um, I do wonder, I mean, I, look, all of this, all of this type of stuff, I guess, needs to ultimately be figured out with the friendly alliance between Sony and Marvel. Um, but I guess the ultimate thing being Sony owns all the Sony stuff and unless Cleary, uh, pardon me, Sony owns all the Spider-Man stuff. So unless damage control started out as a Spider-Man thing, like, you know, again, there's that gray area, but Pete, look. If Sony can't make a hit with shirtless buff Jared Leto playing Morbius, I don't think they're going to quibble over not having uh, Stewie Hussini from Succession to be a guy in his own thing for a movie for them or whatever. Um, but, but I must say, I mean, quasi-joking aside, I think that the inclusion of that uh, mid credit scene, it did add tension to an episode that kind of in retrospect was built to not have a ticking time bomb, to not have a a push to solve a problem other than I want to go to AvengerCon. Interesting that what has happened at uh, the Avengers compound is now known as the Battle of Earth. Which I think would make sense, right? I mean, it was, if one lived through that, it was the defining moment in the life of everyone on earth and and whether your pets knew it or not the life the biggest thing that happened in the life of your pet was you know whether earth survived that day or whether they were brought back from dusting etc speaking of dusting matt nary a mention in this episode are we gonna find out has this family remained intact were there people that were gone it's a good question, and I know that in other uh, in other MCU podcasts that we've done of late, I've proposed the theory that as powerful as the dusting was, and as powerful as it was uh, to be reversed in Endgame, and elements of it, uh, certainly emotionally, it impacted um, it impacted WandaVision uh, and to other degrees of some of the other shows. I really think that that as a defining moment, I think that that's in the rearview mirror as we move forward with these shows. Yes, it would have been the most interesting, the, the most impactful thing to happen in their lives. But for everybody, right? Like either you dusted and you came back or you didn't and you're the one or the other. I think that from a story sense, the MCU has explored that. Maybe you get mentioned in passing, but I think that the ability, for example, I think of Spider-Man Far From Home, where we're going to age up a character uh, kind of because we can, you know, for laughs, for this, for that. We're going we're gonna to do it, um, or only to contrast the fact that our core cast was all dusted and therefore all looks the way they used to. You know, Whatever it is, I think it's a story tool that is going to be used less. It'd be interesting over time 
to look at our roster characters and be able to go dusted, dusted, not dusted, not dusted, and, and see how close to 50% we can get. Uh, Matt, did you note where the Captain Marvel sightings have been? I did not. I actually have no idea what you're talking about. Tell me uh, more. In the video at the beginning of the episode here, uh, Captain Marvel sightings on sandy beaches, Tokyo, dark alleys, and then the the last bit is hard to make out. It seems to say arena. Huh. So let me start to understand that by by asking the following: Should we begin to be thinking that after Endgame, Captain Marvel has periodically perhaps returned to Earth, or uh, as is suggested? in the video at the beginning here that she abandoned them seems to be some of the shade thrown towards the character. Uh, Matt, I, I can only imagine a scenario in which we might find all that out. I hope they meet. That was, that was some of the, that, that was a weird conceit at the Paley center thing, by the way, that, that, like, what is the future for any of this? Like, oh, okay, I guess we're not going to tell the average fan that if you Google Captain Marvel 2, it's done filming and they're in post-production. Um, and Amon Vellani was announced for it December 2020? December 2021? Like, that this is all ancient news, except, you know, the first episode of the six-episode show is out, and then there's a two-and-a-half-hour movie a year from now. So it's both in the past and in the future, but uh, Pete, I think they'll have a chance to work it all out is the answer. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania actually swapped places, uh, release dates with the Marvels. The Marvels originally due in February of 2023 has now slid back to Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania's uh, July of 2023. So, Matt, is that because we have Scott Lang's podcast coming? I hope so. I hope so. There, Like I said before, there should be a place of this kind of, I'll say, lowercase e, lowercase u. There needs to be more extended universe type stuff like that. Uh, and come on, there's got to be a number you say. Paul, we wrote a fake podcast for you. Will you read it for us? You know, come into the booth for a day or two. Here's a big chunk of change. Come on. It, it'll be a beautiful thing. It's just too easy to have Paul Rudd do some kind of podcast uh, scene and really, really, you know, low hanging fruit of the best kind. So they better get after that. Um, Matt, Thor, secretly a gamer. Kamala knows. Uh, Pete, I can tell you that one is true, okay? Because I saw it in the Avengers Endgame. Um, I know <laughs> some cool. people Some people are now like, oh, she's the person on the other end of the game. Like, hold on. Not every last thing needs to be yeah, I, connected. I don't, I, I don't want that. I, I didn't take it that way, and I really hope that's not the case. She's She's smart. She's pieced it together from stuff out there on the internet and honestly it should be deadpool on the other end that should be yes, that should be that's, somehow that's the somewhere. way and he needs to be saying you know there's news this week that the 
the third Deadpool film will be as, you know, violent and profane as the previous two. And he needs to be saying the, the most terrible, uh, you know, clusters of uh, curse words and, you know, mashups we've ever heard on the other end. So in terms of theorizing the next four episodes, I say four because, well, Pete, let me pause. I always like to give this heads up. Okay, long-time listener, listeners know I like to be spoiler-free, but production info is production info um, and a couple of bits of info to keep track of. The directing team for this episode billed as Adil and Bilal. They're doing episodes or have done. I don't know if one speaks in the present tense or the past tense, but uh, they're, they're doing episodes one and six. Um, and with the knowledge that Charmaine obeyed Chinoy is doing episodes uh, four and five. Oscar and Emmy winner. <laughs> Indeed. Two-time Oscar winner, uh, seven-time Emmy winner, uh, much of it for uh, documentary-type stuff. Not a criticism, just explaining some context. Um, <laughs> to have been in her presence, like, oh, my goodness, what's all that gold on your mantle feel like? Um, but with... Uh, my point being this, with uh, particularly with, with Charmino Bajanoy, while they were trying to not have any spoilers, Pete, they didn't know we could figure some stuff out, okay? Uh, and again, this is not a spoiler per se, but reference made to the shoot in Atlanta and sitting at Video Village in Atlanta and things like that. We know that at least part of this show uh, was filmed in Thailand. Uh, Adil and Bilal... Uh, known for uh the film bad boys for life uh in addition to uh image black gangsta and other things because my point being the big action guys get the opener as well as what i'm assuming is the closer in thailand we know that episodes four and five taking place in atlanta standing in for uh new jersey so how is it that we're going to get from what is still like girl has a secret secret power Yes, damage, Department of Damage Control is in there too, but kind of ends with that. How are we going to get in the next four episodes to end with episode five or beginning of episode six and say, welcome to a very complex, very busy production for that episode in Thailand that at one point had 450 people working on it in total? Well, there was something hinted at, and again, as best they could at the Paley panel, um, you know, we're not allowed to talk about this, you know, uh, type of thing, particularly towards uh, Zenobia Shroff. So her character's background, her family, uh, she mentioned the genetics at one point in the episode. Um, and now we have this bracelet Matt, that has a, a decidedly kind of Shang-Chi aesthetic to it as well. So I think it's all going to become clear as the story of her mother, of Kamala's Nani, uh, this fantasizer daydreamer who we're going to find out uh, has a different story. Yeah, and I think that it, this is a very nuanced episode when it needs to be. Um, 
so I don't mean to be critical by what I'm about to say, the notion of like, oh, wait, you mean that Bangle from, from uh, I believe it was the grandmother character? Like, you know, oh, no, quick, put that down. There is mystery attached to it. I would infer there is knowledge mm-hmm. of, you know, knowledge about it. Um, so I think that, again, in getting your head wrapped around the next four or five episodes, um, which is to say, I don't know if things are completely different by the time you get to the sixth episode. And that's when it's Ms. Marvel versus similarly powered baddie for the epic showdown or whatever that might look like. Um, but definitely room here for the characters to grow. It's a segment and a game we've played, Matt, when we start each of these Disney plus Marvel Studios shows, uh, pick the cameo, predict the cameo, Free Larson here in that final big outing. Uh, I would bet even money that Brie Larson does show up um, in, in the final episode, if only in one sort of like, you know, out from the shadows, she comes type of thing. Um, let's not forget all these more recent um Marvel hires have been done with an eye towards increased flexibility for, you know, like it's not just a three movie contract. It's, you know, you're the star of this, you're the supporting in that, you know, now kind of the inclusion of some of the the Disney plus stuff as well. So I think the ability for her to show up in a way that makes everybody happy in a way that is not like, aha, you want me to do it? Well, let's renegotiate. Um, I think there's, there's lots of potential there. Let's scroll down and check the comments section. Indeed, Pete, though not on YouTube, we could check our Twitter where we ran a poll uh, saying that uh, New Jersey's own Ms. Marvel has arrived. It looks like a sure hit, but what kind of a day at the Jersey Shore does the episode capture? Uh, The lowest vote, Pete, rainy day, got 0%. Overcast, 2.6%. Hot and humid got 12.8%. And then... Of course, Pete, Marvelous got 84.6%. Some replies here. Uh, first, from uh, our captain, uh, Noel Gardner. It's at Noel Camille. This show is adorable. I love the animation overlays. Of course, Scott has a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mom knows what's up with the bracelet. Another home run on the sibling dynamic. AvengerCon needs to happen for real. I have so many ideas. Am I the only one that thinks the DODC guy is a scroll? Next up, Pete, we hear from Jackie Wolf. That's at Jackie Wolf on Twitter. It was fantastic meeting another new to me Marvel character. Iman Vellani is an utter delight. I loved her energy and identified with her struggle to embrace her quirky side. Uh, Next, we hear from Spider Ham Lincoln, Tess LC139. Another great origin story with a different spin. I look forward to the rest of the series. I stopped reading and collecting comics long before this incarnation of Ms. Marvel was introduced, so I know little about her. It's nice to get to know a new, to me, character. Pete, great minds think alike here. Carol Danvers was Marvel Comics' original Ms. Marvel. I think it's genius to give Kamala her own series, uh, then let her team up uh, with her idol in the upcoming MCU movie, The Marvels. This is a great time to be a superhero fan. Uh, next, we hear from Andre Yeager at Dr. Polo1983. Uh, great start and introduction to a brand new character. Started off slow, but once it got rolling, I was hooked. Perfect casting all around. 
Uh, Pete, that's something that we got to see a little of at the the Paley panel. Mm -hmm. Iman Vellani is Kamala Khan and vice versa. It's just, it. I mean, it, it, it sizzles as casting perfection. I don't think she's acting as I understand it, Matt. It's, it's who she is. Um, and it, it really is a ray of sunshine and, and hope here in terms of this young woman and telling the story. I'm reminded of how Chris Evans turned down Captain America like four times. And then, you know, the third or fourth time he was like, guys, I keep turning it down. I'm sorry. And they were like, Captain America would keep turning it down because he wouldn't think <laughs> that, that that he could do this or he, that he wouldn't think he he was able to take up the mantle, you know. Anyhow, to hear from James, and now we'll hear from James the Sagacious, Big Killing on Twitter. Just really need Kamala to run into Kate Bishop on the path. Uh, Pete, that is a, uh, a, a commuter train. Yep. Uh, the magical casting continues. Iman's love of this content bleeds through the screen. It's almost like a fourth wall character. Who wouldn't want to see Kamala talk with Deadpool about her casting journey? <laughs> Bring it on. Uh, Darren Bell, that's at Darth Rasslin 79. As good as the cast and visuals were, apart from Kamala's powers, the floating crystal stuff just looked bad to me. I'm not yet sold on this series, but I will continue watching. Uh, we hear from Strange New Tweets, that's at KCLYLE1 on Twitter. What a great start. Iman Vellani is a joy to watch. And this first episode was fantastic. I like the supporting cast and the visuals and animation were very cool. Love the hero mashups in the city. And a post-credit scene. Really looking forward to the rest. Pete, we hear from Jordan Tanner at Mighty underscore Jor. This premiere was amazing. It's so meta how it, re, uh, uh, how it references the MCU. I love the concept of a superhero stan who gets to join their heroes. It hit me in the feels. Pure elation. Did you notice that when she imagines her suit, it's the actual Captain Marvel suit? Uh, that's that, that's a good catch there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pete, we hear from Stingray, a.k.a. TrekGirl88. Uh, that's Stacy who emails us so nicely, uh, oftentimes about Star Trek stuff as well. Uh, she says that episode was delightful. A freaking delight, if you will. Uh, we heard from Glenn Dovey, Team LH44. Uh, that's at Glenn Dovey, which might be easier to type than the first thing. Anyhow, really enjoyed this first episode. The casting is bang on the money again. Love the slightly different feel to the series so far. At times, I forgot it was even a Marvel series, but it was fantastic. Can't wait for more. Uh, when the heck is AdventureCon coming to the UK? Next, we hear from Rose Ferry, Anna Rose584. Kamala and Bruno are refreshing to watch, and the cast is amazing. So much going on, and the energy is great. A mystery right away. I'm hooked. I suspect that it was designed to do just that. Uh, we hear from David Siller. It's that Siller David Poet. Ms. Marvel was an absolute and utter delight from opening animation to surprise mid-credits scene. I'll reiterate all the casting, visuals, energy, and animation comments. The music was pitch perfect. The creativity and whimsy cranked up to 11. For all of us fans, we can identify and live vicariously through the fandom and excitement of Kamala Khan. Oh, how gloriously this translated from page to screen. One of my favorite details was the code switching interjections between Urdu, Arabic, and English, Mm -hmm. and the honest uh, slash good representation of a Muslim family. And my favorite uh, element was the uh, the integration 
of uh, Kamala's powers. Say what you will about Terrigen Mist. The fact that her powers are cosmic and seem to come from a powerful grandmother really enriches the family theme of the show. That is really well said there by David. A lovely, lovely touch, David goes on to say. And finally, it's worth emphasizing how much this show is a love letter to slash from uh, embodying comics, fans, and the imagination. Ms. Marvel might very well have already, with this one episode, moved into my number one slot for MCU television. It's fabulous in every way. Hurry up next Wednesday. Bonus tweet here from David. Please, please, please give us a real-life Avengers con. I'm ready to purchase my tickets now. Uh, we hear from Ian Silverman, Sylvie underscore 76. Great first episode of this new and very different Disney Plus MCU series. Visuals were very cool with odd camera angles, plus all the animations and emojis. Very authentic world building with the family, the neighborhood, the language and culture. And the Peter Parker, Ned, MJ levels of high school awkwardness. Usually when a story like this is getting started, we would also see at least some of whomever the big bad is going to be and learn about their origin and motivation. So it was interesting that we didn't see any of that, or maybe we uh, we did, Ian adds, uh, instead focusing on developing Kamala and Bruno and her family, all of whom seem like fantastic characters so far. Got to give Dad credit for trying with his Hulk costume. Can we ask Zuzu to speed up time so it can be next Wednesday already? <laughs> Zuzu, speed up time. <laughs> Beep boop. Uh, we hear from dr bob keely uh that's r keely on twitter is there a more likable character in the mcu what a great first episode i'm ready to watch it again uh heard from ann coltonham uh amc that's ann coltonham on twitter a great addition to the mcu with ms marvel love how different each show is shows how large and diverse the mcu universe really is something for everyone it was fun from start to finish driving test screen was just fab Looking forward to listening to the podcast. And here it is, Pete. Uh, we hear from Ellen D. Mary. It's at Geek Kirk. Uh, Mary says, okay, I'm trying to compose my thoughts because this is my first response is just, eee, it's utter magic. <laughs> That's not a very nuanced reply of what I love about this show. Okay, as everyone uh, everywhere acknowledges, the casting for this show ranks among the best in a cinematic universe based on some of the best casting matching actors and characters ever known iman is the embodiment of kamala and a simple joy to uh, simply a joy to watch the design of the show is also so fun uh the color and the animations popping off the screen brilliant choice then penultimately pete bike brh it's at bike brh on twitter had a lot of fun watching it loved the look and how all the texts and emojis appeared around her i hope now that they've introduced it that the plot starts moving and it's not just her arguing with her parents. Plus, Fig from Orange is the New Black. What a pleasant surprise. And uh, the reply to that tweet, Pete, our last tweet here from Midnight Tree Bandit, M Tree Bandit. I had to check to see if it was Taika Waititi. They say Taika Waiting. I think Taika Waititi uh, directed it. It had Kiwi humor all over it. I was pleased to see that most of the production crew are Pakistani and or American uh, miles better than any CW teen targeted show. Absolutely. Matt to the fantastic geek Facebook page where Steve Adams writes in. I'm honestly not sure what to think about Miss Marvel. It's certainly not bad. The visual storytelling style is a big departure from previous offerings. The stream of consciousness narrative style does remind me a bit of Tom Holland's Spider-Man. 
Her personality reminds me a bit of Molly Hayes from Runaways, very enthusiastic and bursting with emotion at almost every moment. She is totally into the idea of being a hero, but has no idea what it means for herself and those around her. This series looks to be a lot of fun, even if the animated bits on screen can be a little distracting at times. But all I have ever asked is, give me a good story. This seems to be the beginning of a good story. I think I will like this a lot. I'm pretty sure my daughters will love it. Until next week, stay fantastic. And he spelled that, Matt, with the PH. It really is amazing how there seems to be a universal optimism in the presentation of this first episode, in the character, in what they're aiming for. Uh, fine, you can quibble about the effectiveness or, or distractibility of on-screen animations or this or that, but it's just, it's it's in a really comfortable place after the first episode. It is. Jeremy Richards also writes into the Fantastic Geek Facebook page, Ms. Marvel, so refreshing, so empowering in every way, so likable. Kamala has grown on me in one episode, and I want to follow her journey with the guidance of Fantastic Geek, of course. Well, certainly glad to be along for the ride with this. Um, It's great to get this outpouring of... Uh, of podcast dialogue uh, from listeners. I mean, it's it, it's less a compliment to us and more a compliment to the property that people want to have a conversation about this show. I think people had been bracing too, you know, after what we saw with Star Wars and Moses Ingram and just the bile she had been shared and the outpouring of support, I, I think people were kind of ready here. We're not going to let that happen with Amon Vellani, with this, you know, just super enthusiastic and likable uh, 19-year-old young woman. And, uh, you know, it's it's been the best-reviewed uh, Marvel Disney Plus show to date. Well, Pete, let's keep the conversation going uh, as we anticipate the next episode of Ms. Marvel entitled, uh, titled to be determined because mystery abounds. Pete, how can people be in touch with you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 12,556 followers, can't be wrong. And while I'm personally on Twitter's Looking Back Lost, do me in touch with the podcast comment on fantasticgeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek, all one word with the P and the H, like it today. So if you're listening on the Pop Culture Podcast feed, uh, nice, nice quiet weekend here talking this today. <laughs> Uh, the next episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi tomorrow, and the next episode of Star Trek Exchange the Worlds on Sunday. Uh, if you're here just for Ms. Marvel, don't forget Marvel Fridays continue uh, as we'll be looking towards the second episode uh, Friday of next week. For now, though, Pete, I will say adios to all the listeners and give you the final word. Oh, come on. I didn't even want beans.